The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm here with Andrea O'Weiler, and Andrea is a lifestyle coach, and today we're going to be talking about healthy um, body and self-image during pregnancy, because <laughs> becoming pregnant, is it's just, it just changes everything. So we're going to talk about the beginnings um, of all the way back from conception to birth, and then recovering after pregnancy. So thank you, Andrea. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. So tell us about yourself. How did you get into this? What's your story? Um, my story, let's see, I, I have four beautiful babies and um, I feel like I went through pregnancies um, feeling like I wasn't in love with my body as my babies were growing. I had issues uh, with weight and the way I looked at my body. And after I had my four babies, I decided to just um, heal some something that needed to be healed. And uh, yeah, I went through this journey of finding myself and releasing things that needed to be released and loving my body for, for all the beautiful things that it does. And you are very good at doing that and leading. I mean, Andrea is mm -hmm. a pillar in the community. People just flock to her. Just they want to be her when they grow up. So I'm so excited here to kind of help us um, reframe some of these things. So first of all, um, talk about um, conception and fertility and how um, nutrition and body image and how that having a healthy handle on all that can help you. Ooh, I love that question. Um, for me, it's all about intention and creating something um, with with a, a strong why and knowing exactly what you want to create. Um, I think it's and and being conscious about what you're doing. Um, so it's it's a beautiful thing to to go into birth, um, creating a healthy space for that baby, uh, not just um, with food, but mentally, um, energetically emotionally. Um, so yeah, I feel like, I know I felt, I felt, um, one thing I, I know I had to work with the later pregnancies is the feeling of, um, like I'm not surrendering my body. I, I don't know. My first pregnancy, I call it my parasite. Like I really felt like I didn't have any control in the process mm -hmm. and it was just really, it's, it was destructive to my mental health and the bonding with my baby and so, I mean, I, I know I'm not alone in that. There's so many people. So how do you feel? Like, how do you fix I like, that? I like when you, what you said. Um, so I think that sometimes we have to um, do things unconsciously. I feel like my, my first birth, I tried to uh, be a little more conscious um, in the way that I was creating my baby. And I had a doula and I did hypnobabies and I wanted to have a natural birth. And... Um, but I was a little bit unconscious and that was okay. That was where I was at. That's where, where what my... What do you mean by unconscious? Um, I feel like I let um, the doctor uh, tell me what to do a lot of the times or um, I trust it too much in maybe his position rather than my intuition. Um, but I think that 
it was a good thing for me to go through that so that I could choose better or a better way for me that aligned more with me. I, w- I wouldn't say better, but something that aligned with who I was becoming for my second birth. Um, so you're saying that the progression isn't that, I mean, <laughs> you heard the joke, the first child's like the first pancake. It's not like that. No, it's just, it's a progression and to not feel so bad if your first pregnancy, you feel kind of disconnected from the pro- the process. Yeah, I feel like it's an experience. It's a journey. It's a becoming. It's it's a beautiful process for us to to birth a new us. And in that, we have to make mistakes and we have to, you know, do things. But I don't like making mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get it right the first time. Mistakes are irritating and expensive and time consuming. <laughs> so, well, I think we can reframe that word. Maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe it's something that we had to go through in order to just become better and, and evolve, right, as human beings. So um, so many of us with the culture um, have been raised with diet mentality or we just we have really unhealthy self-images and, mm-hmm. and connections to food. And then we get pregnant and then there's the nausea and then there's the cravings and the... So what do we yes, do with that? Yes, yes, yes. Again, I think it's a practice. It's a practice that we need to... Um, just be mindful of. Um, I love something that I've learned in the past year. Um, it's a tool that I use. It's called Stop, Challenge, Choose. And it's basically um, a tool to help you go from unconscious to conscious. And um, if I, if this could help anybody out there, um, I think as you go into pregnancy, um, looking at the changes that your body makes, um, stopping and just feeling and then challenging your challenging the questions that you have. Cause I think in stopping and making, um, the unconscious conscious can really help. For example, um, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, kind of sad that my body was changing. It was hard. Um, and I, I, I didn't know this at that point, but I wonder if I stopped, and I felt whatever was coming up for me. And I challenged that thought if I could maybe reframe and do something different now that I know that. Ooh, that's a really, really interesting concept. So every time, I know nausea is a big thing. <laughs> when I'm pregnant and I'm like, I just can't imagine eating that ever again. And then I think, yeah, but if I don't want to starve this little human. And so then there's this mind game. And yeah. do you think that would help that process too? What yes. would that look like? Mindset, mindset, just, um, again, if we're more aware, more conscious, then we know what we want to create from that conscious place. So if you, let's say you want to eat something that might not be good for the baby. Let's say that you have a really cra- cra- craving of sugar. I don't want to say bad, but it's a lot of sugar that you want to eat, like a box of donuts. I was going to say Krispy Kreme is actually Krispy Kreme. I was going to yes. say an entire, entire box of Krispy Kreme, and that's not bad. It's not bad. It's not <laughs> bad. It's a natural craving, right, that we have. Um, if we use this tool of stop, challenge, choose, how different uh, could this look from unconscious, right? Because if we not, don't think about it, we don't stop and we don't we don't make that conscious decision to stop, then we could eat that whole box and then not feel so great. And then the, maybe, the baby maybe can't or will feel 
the effects of all that sugar, right? Mm -hmm. So if we could stop and challenge and have your, your why clear of why you're doing things, if you want a healthy pregnancy, that's your why. And it's very clear. You can stop and say, okay, what you can feel too. Like what, what is coming up for me and sit with that feeling? Cause maybe it's an emotional and maybe it's a nutritional, right? Exactly. Maybe like it's actually the sodium that you're craving in those donuts. I mean, I don't know what's in them, but I mean, I just, I had a friend that was like, I just, I just needed to lick the driveway. Like every morning I woke up and I just looked at the driveway longingly and I just wanted to lick it. And I was like, yeah, why? before I knew what pica was, but I was like, (laughs) there's a nutritional deficiency there. Mm -hmm. So if we could stop and, and, and ask the questions and challenge why, why is, why is this happening right now? And just take a minute to make the unconscious conscious, then we can make better decisions because when we don't know what we don't know, then we're basically just making unconscious decisions. But when we stop and challenge and ask questions and find out. And you're just asking questions of yourself. Yeah, just to yourself. And I found that when I ask my questions to myself, my, my, myself actually answers. It's, it's just incredible how much ourselves actually know about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I feel like we have to get good at feeling our feelings. And we're, I don't think we're taught to feel our feelings and just the practice of stopping and feeling. What is it? What is it that is coming up for me right now? Um, I think that's a good practice just to create awareness and make decisions out of, you know, conscious, uh, your thinking brain, let your thinking brain make these decisions instead of your unconscious mind, you know, and your emotions. And your emotions and habit. Habit or triggers, right? Triggers or triggers. Something might have happened. Something in your environment is triggering. There's stress and you might want to eat because of this. So making that pause and asking and challenging, oh, wait, that something happened today. And then you can dig deeper. Oh, yeah. You know, this happened with my husband today and I'm feeling a little bit emotional about it and I'm feeling triggered and, mm. and pausing and feeling it. Um, I also feel like emotion, when we feel our emotions, um, our emotions can just pass through us and then we can, we can make better choices that mm-hmm. are not emotional. Yeah. But more logical. Yeah. Uh, so um, back to the, the diet mentality, di- diet mentality versus whatever the versus is, but we hear this like, Again, we're we're all conditioned to what we should and shouldn't eat, and then you get pregnant, and your your provider has you mm-hmm. go on a diet, especially if you have gestational diabetes, and there's all these restrictions, or there's things they want you to meet, or they want you to do. Like, how do you escape the diet? Mm-hmm. And I just take it from there. Just yeah, <laughs> you're I, I, I went through this. I went through this with my first pregnancy. Um, it was it was challenging for me to. Um, not feel shame because the doctor as he weighed me every time he would check on me um that was very triggering he would ask questions like what are you eating um are you eating Krispy Kreme yes two boxes a day thank you very much for asking (laughs) yeah that was very triggering um I also have to speak to the fact that I'm glad that I went through that experience because again I didn't know what I didn't know Mm-hmm. And then my second pregnancy, I did much better. I found, because I didn't want to go through the same thing, I found a beautiful, amazing, wonderful, 
honoring person as a midwife who honored me. She didn't weigh me. I did say that to her. I'm like, please don't weigh me. I will try. Can you turn? You could turn that. Why can't you turn that down? (laughs) Why can't you tell your OB, I'm sorry, you may not weigh me. You can see I'm growing just fine. Yes. And that was so empowering for me that she honored that and let me, I said, I will research you know do a lot of research on what I need to eat for my baby I also will tune into myself and and what aligns with me and I'm going to try to make the best choices that align with me oh my gosh Andrea seriously I wish I had had this conversation 15 years ago the weighing was so traumatic so because also you always weigh like 50 pounds more on the doctor scale than at home at least sometimes 55 pounds more. Right. And so then there's already that shock Mm -hmm. (laughs) every time I hated it. I hated it so much. It it, is almost like they were weighing, weighing my worth as a pregnant woman, like how good I was at being pregnant. That was so stupid. And what I realized from my first pregnancy is I really, because, um, he would weigh me every time I was very self-conscious of that. And Mm -hmm. that was like my main focus the whole birth, the whole pregnancy. And then my second, for my second birth and having this midwife who was so just honoring, um, it helped me just tune into myself. Yeah. And, and I was gonna say, cause they're watching for things with the weight. I mean, there's a reason for, for gauging the weight, but at the same time, if you're conscious, if you're really, mm-hmm. she let to, me choose, she yeah. let me choose. I wasn't being forced to do anything that I didn't want to. And I felt, I felt validated in the fact that I didn't have to, she didn't have to weigh me every time, you know, Mm -hmm. like I could do it myself. I could align with what, you know, I felt was best for me and my baby. And that was wonderful. So, so as you're choosing what you're eating, uh, how do you do this intuitive eating just in a nutshell? (laughs) Well, I really made sure I ate veggies and fruits and ate every two to three hours just to keep myself nourished, drunk a lot of water, teas. Um, I, how do you know what your body really needs? I mean, the Krispy Kreme just keeps coming back to my, my mind. Like it's really hard in the moment when you really, really want that Krispy Kreme or to lick that driveway. It's really hard to intuitive eat, especially if you've had eating disorders or, or other, like, I mean, I validate that so much. I, <laughs> it's I so hard. Fear you, but again, it's a practice. It's a practice. A practice. A practice of learning to be centered in your why. Why? Why are you doing it? And creating creating a habit of asking. You know, is this gonna help me and my baby? Just ask those questions. Stop again. Stop. Challenge. Choose stop and think challenge ask questions and then choose something that will serve you and your baby for every meal that's exhausting how long does it take before your habits change (laughs) (laughs) again it's a practice and you might not do it you might not do it the first three months but if you keep doing it i think it's about consistency instead of perfection um i think you know just getting in tune with your body and what works for you is, to me, it's the goal instead of trying to accomplish perfection. So then if you don't feel well after eating something, again, you can stop and challenge those feelings mm-hmm. instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm such a pig. I just, yeah. I just said that was wrong with me. Why can't I pull it together? Can you do, wh- what would you ask yourself in that moment? Th- that. 
Yeah. Just what I said. <laughs> just yeah. No, I, I, yeah. No, what was it in the donuts that I needed to have? Mm. Or what was it? Why, why did I get triggered? Or why did I need to eat at 1030 at night? I don't usually eat at mm-hmm. 1030 at night. Why always, what was that about? Mm-hmm. Maybe that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the practice because the first few times are going to be hard to do that. But then it becomes a practice. It becomes a habit. And then you start choosing from consciousness rather than unconscious behaviors and emotions and triggers. And So um, what are some of the habits that, I mean, we all here eat veggies and, you know, eat lean protein, all that kind of stuff. But what are like the actual healthy habits around food that you would suggest, like a baby step? Oh, a baby step yeah. uh, in regards to what to eat? Yeah, no, cre- well, just creating habits around food. Creating habits about, around food. Um, yeah. Eating three every three hours, every yeah three hours, two to three hours, I would say, and that can help with nausea too, right? Yes, exactly. Um, also, um, getting in tune with hunger pains, like what are what are they trying to communicate us? Because sometimes hunger can communicate that something else, and it might not be boredom, exactly thirst, yes, sadness, yes, and so connecting to. And, and learning again, another practice of what is this hunger and getting in tune with your body. What, why is this happening when I just ate a big meal? Right. Because your body doesn't like need it. Like I can it. go all day long and be fine and then I eat a big meal and then I'm hungry two hours after. I'm like, what is the deal? Mm-hmm. So it could be, like you said, boredom or it could be thirst or it could be you're tired and your body needs to sleep mm. and to rest. So getting in tune again with your body and what your body needs is something that is needed. So um, you, tell us more about shifting from the unconscious to the conscious. Like what does that look like? Like when can you... Okay, for, for those of us who are very self-critical, um, what, what is something that can show that we're like doing a good job? And we can say, hey, look, look, I did, I did that. Not right or wrong, because this isn't about being right or wrong, but mm-hmm. but those little things that we can see in ourselves that we can then celebrate the the win of, hey, I made a conscious choice. Like what are those little, what are some of the milestones? What does it look like when we're mm-hmm. conscious versus unconscious? I love that question. Um, you'll know, I think you'll know when, when you hit that point where you're not uh, saying negative things to yourself after you make a choice and you're more gentle with yourself. You're like, oh, you know. I did need that box of donuts after all. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what would it look like in like the grocery store to make, to move from unconscious to conscious? Hmm. What if you, um, if you chose, I don't want to say a salad, but you could have a salad or you could have a box of Oreos, right? Um I feel like to me, if I'm trying to create health, the salad for me um, speaks to my soul in that moment of what I want to create. The Oreos might not. So if you chose the salad because you know that what you want to create is health around your baby and around you, um, then I feel like that's a win, choosing the salad over the Oreos. And, and hey, sometimes we have to eat the Oreos. Oh, yeah. And there's this point where you eat the Oreo, um, but 
maybe you eat one or two and you don't eat the whole box. Yeah. I ate fig notons the other day and I had only six, not seven. Yeah. So I think that's a win. Don't <laughs> and you I didn't think? feel like I needed to eat the whole box. That is a win. It was a win for me. Yeah. yeah. It, that, yeah, it's more. you're becoming more conscious. I of think your some decisions. some of the stuff is a scarcity mindset. Mm. Like if I don't eat all the fig newtons right now, my brother will eat them all. <laughs> There's that stop challenge and yeah, question, right? See, so like, then you can stop like, there. Why do I feel nobody like- in my family likes fig newtons? Therefore, there's no competition. Therefore, <laughs> I don't have to eat the whole box. <laughs> I am enlightened, Andrea. Uh, I need a certificate. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Um, I also feel like we have to be gentle with ourselves after we eat those things um, and know that because, okay, I used to eat the whole box and then eat another box. And mm-hmm. then the next day, mm-hmm. eat another box. Mm-hmm. But I realized that um, I could make a choice. conscious choice to eat maybe let's say five six cookies like you said and then the next day go back to the habits that I'm trying to enforce in my life to create the life and that one box didn't derail everything no Mm. and I think that's a huge win the Mm -hmm. next day you went back to creating those habits that support the life that you want so um you you have this saying that you say (laughs) that birth, um, there's a difference between birth happening to you and through you. Mm, So what does that, what does that mean? I feel, um, when birth happens to us, I feel like it comes from a, a victim mindset. And when, um, birth happens through us, the mindset is more of a creator mindset, um, more empowered. And I, at my first pregnancy, I really tried to create something better, but I didn't really know a lot of things. So I trusted in the system. I trusted in people outside of myself. And I was in that victim mentality a lot. And I feel like and it's okay. It's not bad. It's not being um, the victim doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that you, that's where your consciousness and your awareness was at that point in your life with the information that you had and with the awareness that you had. So that's where you were at. Um, but when we know better, we want to do better, right? So becoming more conscious than, than uh, birth is happening through us. We create all of these um, experiences. We choose all of these different things like eating healthier or a, a, a birth that you want to, to have, the experience that you want to have. Maybe you hire a doula. Maybe you want to nurse. I don't know. Whatever mm-hmm. that might be in alliance with your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to us is very victim-like. Through us is creating what you want to create. And so, so you're talking about like reframing the entire habit of your entire pregnancy. It's not just at the moment of birth, but your entire pregnancy. If um, having this pregnancy done through you instead yeah, of pregnancy. to you, mm-hmm. the pregnancy through you means that your food choices and your exercise choices, they are different they're 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 more that you're more aware of of why you're choosing them right if you have that clarity clarity is is freedom if you have that clarity of what you want to create then you're in this place of creatorship if you um are in victim just kind of letting uh 
pregnancy and, and life and birth just hopping happen to you, then I just feel like you're just going with the flow mm-hmm. and going. Yeah. But what if you don't even know what it means to create that space for you? I mean, I'm just, I'm going to use the construction example. Yes. Build buildings. Um, that like there's some people they'll go into a new house house and they just they're like no I'm gonna not gonna buy it it has green carpet and you're like you can change the carpet but they can't visualize changing the carpet they cannot visualize changing the carpet so how can we ask people <laughs> and you know who you are no I'm just kidding um if if that's like if people will just turn down their dream house because the carpet's the wrong color how mm. do people like even know how to create and they don't know how to create their dream house they don't know how to like visualize what the house could become, how can they visualize what their body could become or what their motherhood could become or like who they could become through their pregnancy? That's, that's the, that's the gap I'm trying to like figure out how to cross without the school of heart of Knox. I had four births before I was like, okay, I think I know myself. Can we not do that? Can we not have? But I don't, I think that's part of your journey and what you had to go through. Oh, just so the school of hard knocks is just so expensive and time consuming. <laughs> um, you wouldn't be who you are without those experiences. But how do you put that in visualization? If you say you visualize what you're trying to create, well, mm-hmm. if I can't well, even you visualize, would ask, what do you want? What I is want, it? What I want do you a want? nice house, a really, really nice house. Okay, so what does that house look like? You have to, you have to be specific. It can't have green carpet. Actually, you know, what? I think I know the answer to this question. Find a provider that can ask you the right questions, mm. right? Because yeah. a real estate agent, a good real estate agent, can say, "No, don't worry. You can change that carpet in a day, and it'll only cost like this much amount of money. It's not that big a deal." And then you could have your dream home. If they ask the right questions, that buyer would turn into well that prospect would turn into a buyer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so finding, wow, I'm all over the place with this, but I'm just thinking finding the right provider to ask you what you really want. That's that's good, but what about asking yourself? Well. And aligning aligning yourself to yourself. But if you can't even see that, I mean, I have to, again, yes. the construction thing, I've talked to so many people yeah. that feel just victimized by the mm-hmm. way their kitchen's lay out, mm-hmm. laid out. And I'm like, honey, you could move that kitchen, across, that sink across the room, and it would cost you like, $3,000, nothing. And they're like, you can move kitchen sinks? Like, what if you don't even know what's yeah, possible? Yeah, a, prov- a provider that is conscious and that can <laughs> ask those questions would be a great thing. Um, I had a, a beautiful experience on my second and third and fourth birth because I had someone who asked those questions. My first one wasn't like that because I had to just follow what he said. And I think that... When I was asked to to think about what I wanted, that that created consciousness in myself and awareness and and put the power back on my side. So if you've never known an empowering birth, your mom didn't have them, your sisters didn't have them, Hollywood never has them, and you say, I want an empowered birth. Okay, now you've told the universe that you want it. Now, mm-hmm. like, how do you go after it? Mm. So what I did was ask my friends who were in the birth community, you know, um, how can I, I need a doula. I need, uh, do you know anybody that um, could help me with my birth? And I had three doulas on my second birth. Um, And I, I also asked them about midwives. And I was scared because I was not what I was programmed to do. I wasn't programmed to go and have a baby at home so oh you had a home birth yeah the last ones yeah so the the first one was 
first, my first birth was um, in the hospital. And then the second one, I went with a midwife because of that. I felt like, like I said, those experiences just help us. We cannot be whole without the unconscious part of us. The unconscious and conscious have a place in our lives. And I feel like um, that that is the point that I'm trying to make. Sometimes we have to go through those experiences that are painful, that we we follow someone else's um, lead, like I did in my first birth. And, and that wasn't so great. That's not what aligned with me. So I realized I wanted to align. I want somebody that will honor me. And I found that and I went and looked for it thanks to that first experience. So I don't think things, no regrets, no regrets about the first one. That's such a good um, opportunity for me to learn and, and to know what I want it. Sometimes you have to go through that in order to know what you want. It sounds like you've like completely reframed your first birth. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. My first birth, um, I, after it happened, I had to process a lot of it. I really felt like a victim. Did um, you, would you have classified that birth as traumatic? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, from the doctor that uh, saw me throughout my pregnancy, um, I didn't think I was going to share this, but um, I asked him, I had a plan. I said um, that I didn't want to be checked at the end, that I would just want it to go naturally and he said well I I really would like to check you and I let him check me but he stripped my membranes without my permission and that was very triggering for me because my birth started happening right after and I still had a week um he he um he wasn't gonna work the next week so um that weekend was when I had birth I had my baby that weekend when I had my birth. So um, it was very traumatic. Um, and I had to do a lot of healing with it. And now, now that I've done that process, I feel so thankful for it. If I wouldn't have gone through that pain, I don't think I would have want something different for my mm. second one. And my second one was a beautiful experience. She didn't check me. I was mm -hmm. like, you will not check me. I will go when I am ready, when I feel my body is ready. And she honored that. And my water broke actually a week, a week before my baby was due. It just happened beautifully. And she honored that. So sometimes we have to go through those things so that we can choose better for us. Yeah. And and I want to speak to that too. Like I feel um like what was better for me doesn't mean that it's like the right thing for everybody else. Oh, exactly. Right? Like my birth was exactly the birth that I needed and that I wanted. And even the first one too. Um I I think that everybody needs to honor exactly where they're at and uh love their birth for for what it is mm -hmm. and and align if you're aligned to what what is your truth and what you want then that's all it matters doesn't matter what it looks like what other people think it should look like if it's aligned with your truth and what you want then I don't know I think that's a beautiful thing and also being flexible because it could turn into something that you weren't expecting 
That's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, birth is always a surprise no matter what. Like you yes. cannot plan. So being flexible and adaptive and Adapt, surrendering, yes. surrendering. But how do you surrender while staying conscious? Oh, I'll tell you about this. My third birth, um, I was supposed to have a home birth. Um, and then I had um, a liver con- condition, um, cholestasis. And I, my midwife was really nervous about having a home birth. Um my um, liver enzymes were really high, so she decided to go to the hospital, take me to the hospital, basically. And we had, I had to go through the Pitocin and that whole process. Um, and I was like, I am not going to have a, an epidural. That was what I was, I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. But then I surrendered and I was like, you know what, this birth it's going to be different and I have to honor that and not feel the shame because I had to get an epidural or get Pitocin. It was really hard well, the process that I was going through and um, I had to surrender. But in the end, it was so beautiful. My midwife was there and actually the doctor didn't come in till after the baby was out. And it was just... Who delivered the baby then? Midwife, I, the nurse and myself. Oh my goodness, so the baby so the came out in the, yes. The, <laughs> That's yes. awesome. So do you see that? It was like this synchronicity of yeah. just surrendering to what that birth was supposed to look like. And it was beautiful. It, was, it wasn't what I expected. I really wanted it to be at home. But that child actually is, is his personality matches his birth. <laughs> so I'm glad that I've that happened. That, that <laughs> yeah. I've also heard that you repeat your birth experience sometimes. Mm. Your your mother's birth with you is how you birth your first baby. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. So what do you, um, I know one of your big things on social media and stuff is you don't post before and afters. Mm-hmm. You bef- you post before and becomings. And this is, this is again, like with your weight loss and your, in your coaching, your lifestyle, but like, how does that, first of all, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Before versus becoming mm-hmm. instead of before it, Talk before and that. after yeah. yeah versus before and becoming I think be, before and after feels like you get to a destination and you arrived and you're there and you feel accomplished and I I think becoming is, is a process is, is what we're talking about it's learning these habits to continue to become because we're not we never really arrive we're always evolving always growing and always becoming the best version of ourselves or our truest self. So I I think with birth, I think the experience of, of pregnancies and births, you don't arrive when your baby's out. I think it's a birthing experience for the rest of your life. You keep birthing other things. It's a process of birthing a new you and becoming and creating more. So I think becoming is a beautiful thing. It's, it's a process that we keep on learning. We never just arrive. No, we never do. And we're kidding ourselves if we think we do. Mm-hmm. So that's a great segue into the postpartum period, how to recover physically and mentally and spiritually, well, all, all the recoverings from pregnancy and birth mm. in your body. Yes, I think time, time, giving yourself time and lots of love and patience and, and just doing you. You know, you and the baby, I think that's, that's what's important. And when, when the needs change again, I guess if you've developed the habit of stop 
question. Stop, challenge, question. Stop, challenge, and choose. Yes. Choose, choose. Yeah. Um, I would stop, challenge, and question, 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 question. I think for me, when I, um, after my babies, it was, it was hard. It wasn't easy. Postpartum was hard at some points in my life. And um, I, I go back to the becoming. I, I learned so much through those and in each experience after each birth was so different than the other. I feel like adapting to what comes and being in the present moment and um, learning with each experience is, is what helped me be where I'm at today. Yeah, what do you say about like restoring body image after mm. a baby is born? I mean, I had no idea what changes would happen. Yeah. I had no idea that my body would... Now with social media, it's like it's more obvious, but I still, when it happens to you, it's a little like... What? Yeah, I have to say that for me, I had to just give myself time, again, being present in that moment. Um, after I had a baby, I did not want to go into getting my body back. That was not my priority. That was really? not my why. That was not what I wanted to create. The moment... Um, I want it was to just be with my baby and and spend that quality time with my baby, nourishing my body so that I could have enough milk for my baby and and give him what or her what what they needed. So um, it wasn't until I had, I think a year and a half after I had my fourth one that I started thinking about getting my body back. So I think there's there's beauty and being present in where you're at. And honoring that part of life. And if if your baby, if you're nursing, if you want that that time with your baby, I mean, focus on that. That's my, that was my experience. Did you ever, I know you say before becoming, but did you ever feel like you arrived at getting your body back? Um, no. Okay. No. I, just I wanna... <laughs> never, I don't. Now that, so I'm going to speak about what I did after my baby, my fourth baby. Um, I decided to... Yeah, changed my habits and I released uh, some weight and then a I a lot of weight uh, 70 pounds um and I'm even though that happened a year almost a year ago I'm still working on my body I'm still I want to right now I'm working on becoming stronger and and uh, adding exercise into my life so I don't feel like I arrived at losing 70 pounds and that was it I always want to continue to become and it's not your your wanting to do exercise become ripped is not because you feel like you'll be more valuable no, at that point no so what has the nothing to do with time? valuable i feel like because i love my body mm. so much i want to give it awesome stuff you know <laughs> and so before it was like i would exercise so that i could be you know healthy in a way that was like oh I need to I need to lose weight so I'm gonna exercise for two hours a day and and I, almost like the exercise was a punishment to my body mm -hmm. and now I feel like exercise is a gift to my body interesting so what are you telling yourself while you're exercising what are the thoughts that are going through your head oh I just love the way it feels 
I'm like, oh, this feels so good. I feel I become stronger. I do weights. I don't do a lot of exercise, but I just do weights at home and a little bit of yoga and just moving my body and just being grateful for my body and and feeling mm. what I feel when I'm exercising it and moving it. feels so much better than when I used to exercise to try to lose weight. Right. It's it's more of a gift that I'm I'm doing. And again, um it's been it's been a journey in adding exercise into my life. It started with 10 push-ups and then I created that habit. It wasn't overnight, you know. And I kept having my why clear. I want to just love on my body. So these 10 push-ups are going to add to to my routine. So I'm just going to do it and add to my body and 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 then I added 10 more or 10 squats or, you know. So what is um, becoming, becoming one with your body, become, honoring your body, learning, learning these things, what has that actually done to translate into the other parts of your life? Mm. Like your business, your friendships, your marriage, your relationship with your babies. So um, as now that I'm... I feel like I had this um, stage of my life where it was just babies and birthing and just being at home with my babies. And now it's transitioning into my business and how I can help others and, and being aligned to what my heart calling is in life. And I love the person that I am becoming through this experience of... Um, helping others and and evolving from just seeing myself as a mom to seeing myself as an individual and 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 seeing what else I can add on to who I am so it's yeah and to help others I love this idea before I was um and I think in survival mode as I was having four babies every 18 months so yeah. <laughs> I was, hanging on there by a thread <laughs> yeah and I had to just really survive through those years and now I feel like I I'm having more intention with my life with with my and business I, and I want to go there for a minute because um yeah you're so respected in the community because your your babies are itty bitty teeny mm -hmm. still right how mm -hmm. old are they Eight, seven, five, and three. Yeah, see, we're not getting anything productive done at your house, right? <laughs> no. And yet you have like this wholeness, this sense of wholeness and purpose. Mm -hmm. And that so you don't have to wait till your babies are grown or this doesn't have to be like a lifelong journey. I mean, we're always growing throughout our life, but you don't have to like put this off. You could, yes. you can be this while your babies are little. Yeah. So I had this belief concept, um, before my transformation, if you call it, or my, uh, my beginning to become right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, where I was homeschool, I'm still homeschooling my children, but I was homeschooling and I was really self-sacrificing a lot. Like I put myself to the side. My kids are my priority, my husband, the house, but I put myself, um, you know, on a shelf for a little mm -hmm. bit and that's okay. That's, that's what I was talking about when after birth, like it's okay to have those moments to be present in those. But then when, when you're ready to take on a, a new project or 
something else in your life, um, I feel like you have to honor that too. And I, and I did that. And I said, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad mom if I want to create my business or... Uh, That's an interesting thought. So you could almost look at creating a baby as a project. Like I am setting aside two years to gestate and give birth and nurse mm-hmm. a baby. And then I'm going to do another project. I'm going to work on my business mm-hmm. and my baby's going to be there for me. And then after that business, maybe I'll go back to making another baby, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, how, mean, it, isn't that beautiful to like honor exactly where you're at mm-hmm. and being present with what, what you're at, where you are at at the moment? And, and then, and then follow whatever comes next. I know that we're supposed to be on our journey and I, and I get that. I just get so frustrated that I, I feel like I spent 15 years feeling like I had to put everything on hold, that, that mm. this was my purpose in life was to be a mother and, and then all of the guilt that came along with that. And it, it's just, if I could just help one person, mm. <laughs> right? just, just help women, especially in this generation, know that they don't have to that's it's not a self-sacrifice thing. No, it's, it's a, not. It's a self. It's not self-sacrifice. It's like a self-becoming, right? Yeah. Well, and I feel like I was giving from an empty cup, and I felt like resentful a lot yeah. of times towards yeah. my children and my husband. Um, but I didn't know. I did. I just didn't know um, until I started just putting a little bit more love in my cup. And then I had more to give. So the best gift you can give to your loved ones, to your partner, to your children, is to give yourself love first and to do the things that give you joy in life and the things that you want to create. Because then there's more, when you give yourself more love, then there's more love to give them to them. So true. So powerful. Wow. Thank you so much. I mean, now all you listeners can see why mm-hmm. I just love to listen to Andrea. She'll she'll speak to gatherings, and I just kind of find myself in a trance because she is just such a great example of not of, of what it looks like to be be becoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no guilt, and there's no shame, there's no expectations. Mm-hmm. You're just so good at just providing that amazing example. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And how can talking. people find you on Instagram? Is yes, Andrea Andrea Weiler. And you're also on Tinder, um, on TikTok, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Your TikTok videos are pretty funny. On Instagram, also. Yes. Awesome. And if you have any questions for Andrea, you can reach out to me at mediatbirthcircle.com and I'll pass them on to her as well. So thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.